ever feel like this? Like your life is on a teeter-totter? Now, if you look at the people up there, you can see their faces. You see the girl in the middle. She's having a good time. But the two guys on the ends are a little more, uh, not so sure. Because they know if they move a little bit too far one way or a little bit too far the other way, everything's going down. And we can feel like that in our lives sometimes. I can feel like that sometimes on Sunday morning when I've got a million different things to do. But if just one little thing goes wrong, we have, everything comes out of balance. Everything's messed up. And sometimes, unfortunately in life, things go wrong. And I know that most of you have heard about what happened at Old St. George on Friday nights. I know Mary Lou was, was talking about it this morning. And sometimes things happen that are not expected. They can be a, a big problem for us spiritually or physically or emotionally. And, and Old St. George is, is a landmark in Cincinnati. And, and I, I like that they named it after me before I was around. But if you read the reactions in the paper, some people were really, really impacted by the fact that this historic church, this 130-year-old church, burned down. And that's, that's tough. When you look at that church, it's been there for 130 years. And this church has only been around for 19 years. That's quite a difference. But yet there are people that were upset when the church burned down there. And I, I see people here that are saying, well, it's just a building. See, because I think in those 19 years that people here have learned something. Probably more than I know. So this morning, I'm going to do my best to just let you guys talk. To let you guys help me through this. Because you know more about all this stuff than I do. So it's not a big deal when the church building burns down. Because the church isn't about the building, is it? Now, what is the church about? The people. People, the people here. And people. And a lot of the other people. All the people. The people. I love the people. <laughs> See, you guys know more than I do. That's very obvious now. But the church is about the people. It's not about buildings. It's not about programs. It's about the people. And in fact, when people came to Jesus and asked him what's important, what is the most important thing, in Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 30, Jesus gives his answer. And he says, the most important thing is relationships and people. He says, the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. When you're talking about people, you're talking about relationships. And Jesus says the most important thing is the relationship that you have with God and the relationship that you have with people. But it's also important to keep that in balance. Because if we look at what Jesus says here, he says different ways. Not just love God. But he says, love God with your heart, with your soul, with your mind, and with your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. He says it's not just enough to love him with your heart. It's not just enough to love him with your soul, or with your mind, or with your strength. You've got to love him in all of those ways. And all of those ways have got to be in balance. So let's look at, at relationships. 
What relationships do we have in the church? We have a relationship between the believer and God. And there's ways that we as believers, as people, that we relate to God. And most of the way that we do that, because we're people down here and we're God, He's God up there, is we praise Him. We look up to Him. And how do we normally do that? And we have singing. Is that it? Yeah. Work with the kids. Enjoy that. I like everybody. Mm -hmm. And everybody likes me. And I like to pass out the, the I call it the bulletins and the flyers, you know. When we look up to God, we worship Him, we sing to Him, but we also serve Him. There's an interesting relationship throughout the Bible where we look. When it talks about worshiping God, it also talks about serving God. And Jesus sums it up best in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. He says, For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. It doesn't just say worship Him. It says worship Him and serve Him. The two go, go hand in hand. They work together. If, if we're just worshiping without serving, it's just empty words. And if we're just serving without it being about God, then that's just empty actions. Both of them together have to be done in order for this to work out. We have to have a balance in our worship. He doesn't just, God doesn't just want us to sing. He wants us to serve other people. This can come in many forms. Terry, in the video, talked about teaching the little kids, and they're up there now, and you can hear them banging around on the ceiling. And Toots talked about just passing out bulletins and doing little things like that. There's all different kinds of ways that we worship God by serving Him. But God has other ways for us to, <clears throat> to serve each other, to serve Him as well. And part of that is by taking care of each other. Pray for me. They pray yeah. for you? Oh, that does that mean a lot to you? Oh, yeah, it means a lot. Yeah, it's helped. It's helped a lot. Yes. When we take care of each other, we're serving God. That's a way to worship God. And the way that we relate to God, we sing, we worship Him, and we also serve. We serve Him and we serve each other by doing that. So, we relate to God. And if we flip that around... God also has a relationship with us. When we look up to God, we praise Him, we worship Him. But when God looks down to us, He wants to build us up. He wants to, to make us better people, make us more of what He created us to be. And that happens in many different ways. Why? Well, for one thing, I enjoy church very much. I love the singing, I love the preaching, I love the friendship, I love the people. Um, it's close to home. Um, plus I'm Mormon. I'm Mormon. As Kate said, we're learning. And that's all we can hope to do as people, no matter how long we've been a Christian, no matter we've been a Christian for 19 years or 130 years. We're all learning. And there's different ways that we learn. Jesus taught us in different ways. He spoke in parables. 
And he also just flat out told us what was going to happen in some cases. We look at the case of Nicodemus, where he tells him, like almost riddles. He says, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus is going, what are you talking about? I have to be born again? That doesn't make any sense. Then later on, we see Nicodemus come back. And then he's there at the end when Jesus is crucified. It's Nicodemus is one of the guys taken off the cross. So he teaches in different ways. And we learn in different ways. We're built up in different ways. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, we talk about this, about how God builds, it, builds us up. It says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices. And here's how God builds us up. It says, We're like living stones. Now, one thing about a stone, just a normal stone, is a stone is a stone. You don't, like, put a stone in your front yard and then come out the next day and it's bigger, or it's changed in some way, unless someone's been there with a a hammer that's breaking into pieces, but stones don't grow. So, here Peter says that you're living stones. A living stone is different from a normal stone, and then it's going to change. It's going to grow. And we're being built. It says that we as stones are being built, we're being put together. We're being built personally, and also we're coming together as a church to be built into a spiritual house. Why? Because we've got stuff to do. It doesn't just say you're going to be a house that sits there. You're a house that offers spiritual sacrifices. We've got to grow ourselves in what we know and also in what we do ourselves and as a church. So it's not just about what we know. God doesn't just build us up by what we know. He builds us up by what we do individually and together. So we're supposed to love God. And Jesus also says, love your neighbor as yourself. And when we go from there, who's our neighbor? First of all, believers are our neighbors, and this is easy to see. When there's a relationship in the church, it's believer to believer. And sometimes those can be some of the best relationships that we have. John stopped in here before, some of you got to see him. When we were here before, other people were here, he was talking to me, and he said, right back there in that corner, I met my first true love back there in that corner of this church. I mean, that's, those things happen in churches. Believer to believer. And they can be they can be a lot of fun. Well, uh, fellowshipping with all my good friends and uh, the dinners and uh, the social things and uh, meeting here on Sunday with my friends is a special thing for me. Meeting together in our special times. We're told to do this. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says the believers met together for fellowship and the breaking of bread. And that's what we do. That's what we're going to do after the service today. We're going to meet together and break bread. And that's important. It's a very, very good thing to do. But sometimes it's not always that easy. Sometimes it's not just meeting together for fun. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you're doing. Sometimes fellowship is more than just sitting around and having coffee or sandwiches. Sometimes things aren't always good in our lives. And sometimes we'll say, oh, nobody wants to be around me now, I'm miserable. Or sometimes we look at somebody else and say, I don't want to be around them because they're miserable. Does that mean that the fellowship ends then? Because really that's when people need other people the most. Uh, yeah, 
yeah, I went through some tough times and I was living on my own and before I got married and it kind of helped me through, you know, a lot. So, yeah, this, you know, people, the people here and just, you know, with my dad being a minister, you know, I can always count on him and talk to him about things and he's understanding. All right, when, when we go through tough times, who do we turn to? Way too many times we turn inside and we try to handle things on our own. When really, that's when we need the church the most. That's when we need that fellowship the most. So we need to have a balance in our relationship with other Christians between play, the time when we get together and just have coffee and sandwiches and, and enjoy ourselves and, and when there's work to do, when people are hurting and people are suffering. We have to have a balance there between the work and the play. That we just don't turn to other people when we have problems. We just don't turn to them when we don't have any problems. And finally, I'm trying to go top. I'm trying to go fast because Jim said there's food. He said I have to be done on time. <laughs> but when Jesus was asked who our neighbors are, he gave an answer that, that kind of surprised everybody. Because they expected him to say, well, you know, your fellow Jews, the people who believe like you do. And he said, no. It's the opposite of that. It's the last person you'd expect. And we as Christians have to have a relationship with non-Christians as well. There's a relationship between believers and non-believers. And oftentimes we think about this, this idea, and we just look at the, the final product. Ministers have, have baptism logs. And when we read our little letter some years that say how the church is doing, we say, oh, we had this many baptisms. This many people came to Christ. And we like to look at the end result. And that's a great thing to do. It's a time of celebration. Oh, it meant the world to me because they had never been baptized before. And I had always wanted him to come to church. And finally he did. And I guess he came about six months and he decided to get baptized and then a month after him his sister did so they both got baptized yeah. when Jesus talks about our relationships with non-Christians he doesn't just talk about preaching at them he doesn't just talk about converting them normally what he does is he'd use a metaphor and he'd talk about farming and he would say in different places that you have to you have to sow seed. And one parable that he used, he talked about different kinds of soil, where the seed falls, different kinds of soil. We talked about that. Another one, he talks about weeds that grow up, and other problems that can come in. Another one, he says, you only can reap what you sow. And that's the case here. We like to celebrate the reaping, but sometimes we forget how important the sowing is. There has to be a balance there. If we want to reap, if we want to have that joy that we saw in Kate's face when she was talking about people in her life that were baptized, then we have to put the work in beforehand. And sometimes this isn't always appreciated like we think. Like we like. Not particularly. I, just, uh, I taught for several years at the old building at the Presbyterian Church and then taught here again for a few years. But There's a, a lot of good memories in that because the kids used to come home with me every Sunday. <laughs> I bring at least a dozen kids home every Sunday. I get begged when I please don't bring any kids home today. <laughs> and I'd come home with 12 of them. So. 
But that was good because a lot of the kids, you know, I still see them on the streets or something, and they always greet me and say, I remember you used to be my teacher. They're not involved in the church anymore, but they still remember it, so someday it may have an impact. As Karen said there, sometimes we, we go and we put the time in, we put the work in, we get to know these people, and, and then we see what seems like nothing. She said, you know, she spent time with this kid, these kids. They came over to her house, and, and a lot of them left the church, and she'll just see them around and say, oh, hey. But she planted seeds, and we've all planted seeds in people. We planted those seeds to let them know that there's a God out there that loves them, that cares for them, that died for them, even though it might seem that, that no one cares for them, that no one is there for them, that God is. And we hope and we pray that, that someday those seeds will, will start to grow. And it's a tough thing for a farmer to do that sometimes. He goes out and plants seeds and then he's just kind of got to wait. He can water them, he can spread fertilizer, but, but he doesn't go in the ground and poke the seed and prod the seed. Sometimes you just have to wait. We need to find a balance between reaping and sowing. We get so focused on the reaping that we forget about the sowing. We like the harvest. Everyone loves you know, the, the fall when we get all the food and stuff, but springtime when we've got to go out there and do all that work. It doesn't get celebrated as much. But it's all about balance. All of our relationships and every part of our life require balance. We can't go gung-ho in one direction and expect everything else to just keep going. We've looked at people in this church that have talked about all these different things. They're all there in one way or another. For 19 years, this church has been doing all of these things. We just saw the evidence. But let me ask you this morning, are each of these things going on in your own life as well? Because we don't just need balance as a church, we all need balance as individuals. How's your, the relationship between you and God? When you come in on Sunday mornings, do you just sing? Or are you really worshiping Him? Are you listening to the words and, and focusing on, on what's really going on? And do you communicate with Him in other ways? How's your prayer life? What about the relationship between God and you coming down? Are you learning? Are you learning on your own? Are you here learning? Are you paying attention? What about your relationship with other Christians? Is it just a good time thing when things are going good and everything's fine? Or is it just a bad time thing? Oh, well, when I need some help, I'll show up. about your relationship with, with non-Christians? Are you sowing seeds or are you just, well, it's not my place to talk to them about that. Oh, we love it when, when someone is baptized and it, it looks great when, when Jim comes up here or I'm up here and we dunk the person in the water and oh, you know, look at what Jim did. But, but really there's lots of work that went in before that from people and from God. It takes a balance. It takes a balance. Over the 19 years, we've seen proof of that, and we're going to look at some of the proof. We're going to play a video, but as we play that video, I want you to think, what's going on in your own life? Do you have a balance? Is there one of these areas that you think you're really good at, but another one that's just kind of like, well, 
This week, I want you to think about that. Think about your life. What's, what's in balance? What's out of balance? And if there's something that's on your heart now that you really know it is out of balance, Jim and I will be up here. We're going to play the video. We're going to sing a closing song. Anytime through that you want to come forward and talk to one of us, you're more than welcome to come forward.